going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are going into week 11. We are finished with week 10, and I'm here with my co-host, Kamo. Kamo, are you there? Just the West, I'm here. Can we out here, baby. I'm here. Right, yeah, we're here. We're here. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm in much happier spirits. Uh, why? Hmm. You ask? It's the holiday season coming coming upon us, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, that's right. Thanksgiving six week. <laughs> sure, sure. A lot of things to be thankful for, and a lot of things for the NFC West to be thankful for, because yeah. both the Niners, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks are coming off dubs. The entire division, aside from the Rams, who are on a bye week, mm. um, have claimed victory against their opponents and. You know, for the Cardinals and the Seahawks, for that matter, they came in a convincing fashion, meaning that they um, they kicked game-winning field goals at home with the clock expiring to take the win, which is probably one of the sweetest ways to to, to win. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the most nerve-wracking ways to win. But you know, uh, the Cardinals in Kyler Murray's debut uh, beat the Falcons mm-hmm. and. You know, for the Seahawks who got embarrassed the previous week uh, against the Ravens, um, Geno Smith had a minute left and he had a game-winning drive to DK Metcalf, got within range, uh, spiked the ball and kicked the game-winning field goal. So shout out to the Cardinals, shout out to the Seahawks. And uh, why am I especially happy? Uh, Niners, big, big statement win for them coming off their bye week. On the road against the Jaguars, who are coming off a five-game win streak, uh, they win thirty-four to three, thirty-four to three, where they did not allow a touchdown. It was Chase Young's debut, and just they looked like the Niners of old when they started five and zero. So, just a lot of good juju coming from the NFC West. I've been talking all this. So, game up. Just initial thoughts on, on everything that's happened in the NFC West as we go on to Week Eleven and recap Week Ten. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy how we're already on week 11. I feel like season's just flying by. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch these games, but just caught some of the highlights, and, and I saw that it was like a record Sunday for like five games with game-winning field goals in one day. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including, the like you said, the the Cardinals and, and your boy K1, um, Kyler Murray coming back after being – injured last year um you know i'm sure that felt good to get that to get that win for a team that's been been a little you know up and down mostly down but plucky you know they've been a little spunky team so uh good for them to get the win the uh same with the seahawks as well who are are still right there you know in terms of um you know uh looking at the division standings and such but Obviously, yeah, I mean the Seahawks and the Niners, they they share the same record at six and three. Yeah. Niners yeah. are in first place because they have the better divisional record, but they're yeah. right there at six and three. Yeah. And so I mean that makes it all the more important because they're gonna play play them two times in the next month here, I believe, right? That's uh it's coming up. It's a pretty gnarly schedule. So uh the Niners and the Seahawks play at Seattle on Thanksgiving, which is it's mm-hmm. oh my god. And then the Niners played the Eagles at Philly, and then uh, then the Niners host the Seahawks the following week. 
There you so go. Battle of the Birds. That's that's that, that's some shit right there. That's some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, marquee game was this statement win for the 49ers. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, so I was me. I was waiting to ask you, kind of, obviously your thoughts. We could probably spend a long time talking about it, but just you know, obviously I had missed the last couple pods, but you know, we talked about the woes of the the defense and and all the issues going on. They won thirty four to three in this game. Aside from Steve Wilkes physically moving to the sideline, and from the Niners picking up Chase Young, what was the main difference in this game defensively? From an X's and O's perspective, uh, I, I just felt that they simplified things a bit more. Uh, they had different alignments on the defensive line, but um, you didn't see crazy stunts or it. Uh, the craziest thing that I I got from this was their their first drive. Uh, they make a, a big stance by um, pretty much telling the Jaguars you're not going to run on us. They um, so you know it, it, like in the past they've used their their front four and then they'll you know they'll go sit back in coverage and then they'll blitz and whatnot. But they actually used five down linemen this this time around this uh, this game, which was the first time they rarely used that in in uh, in the past. They put five defensive linemen this time around, um, and then they, they had Ufanga closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, but they pretty much said that you are not running the football. So, like, Trevor Lawrence, his first drive, he went three and out. They passed three times because, you know, they didn't want to run it. And then uh, after that, it kind of set the tone because the Niners scored on the ensuing drive and – you know, for a Jaguars team that is very similar to the Niners, where their their offense is really predicated on the run because they do love to run the rock and they have a capable feature back in Travis Etienne. Um, the Niners were able to score on two straight drives and the game kind of got away from the Jaguars, which honestly goes exactly to what the Niners do because the Niners excel when they're, they're ahead. Mm-hmm. And... Going back to that, um, you know, the Jaguars were um, down early and there were a lot of pass rushing opportunities. And you kind of really saw that all culminate together with the arrival of Chase Young. So Chase Young, he didn't play the first series, but on the second series, he was there. And I think the Niners, at the end of the day, they had five sacks, four takeaways. And uh, a lot of it has to do with kind of like their bread and butter pressure. Mm-hmm. pressure right uh there was one particular play where oh. i thought this was the play of the game beautiful beautiful play um obviously chase young and nick bosa are from the same uh, alma mater which is ohio state mm-hmm. so javar and hargrave the alignment messed messed up the offensive line the offensive line ended up triple teaming javon hargrave in the middle right which left it was great it, it left Chase Young and Nick Bosa both one on one, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! So they both converged at the same time, and literally they hit Trevor Lawrence at the same time and forced the fumble, and then Nick Bosa re- recovered the fumble. I was just like, wow, that is why you trade for Chase Young for yeah. moments like that. <clears throat> yeah, they have the chemistry, familiarity of you know where, where one guy's going to go uh, in a situation like that. Yeah, that was that was crazy. And then um, you know, on the offense too. Um yeah. I mean, this is it's it's been one hell of a month because they haven't won in 
a month in the last four weeks, yeah. including the bye week. But having Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, makes right, a right. tremendous difference. Oh my God, the left side was completely different. Debo Samuel had one twenty-four yard run, uh, untouched for the for the touchdown score. But uh, more importantly, I, I just noticed that you know when you have Debo Samuel moving around pre-snap around the backfield and whatnot um you know you, he draws like two three defenders on his side just naturally and so what happens um well christian mccaffrey was targeted 10 times in the passing game six mm-hmm. catches and while christian mccaffrey didn't have a touchdown the first time in 17 17, yeah. 17 games but um he didn't have a touchdown but he had 145 all-purpose yards which shows, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this offense, when everyone is healthy, which is a big asterisk. Um, yeah, you know this Jaguars team; they they aren't a bad team. They're they're actually a top five, top three run defense. So, um, for the Niners to hang thirty four points at Jacksonville, yeah. um, just this is as big of a statement win game as any coming off a bye, coming off a, a, a pretty ugly month of football. so Especially with yeah. so much scrutiny, you know, going into the bye week with the defense, everything, you know, needed to be changed. And to come out like a win like this, it's just, it's huge. Uh, I'm curious, did you, did you see that video of, uh, of Trent Williams saying like one of the guys on the Jaguars literally was running away from him when Williams was like running downfield. Yeah. It was serious. Williams, number 31. Um, <laughs> I think it, it was a, uh, it was the toss play to Debo for that 24 yard touchdown. Right, right. Yeah, you ran the other way. It was a business decision as, as the cool kids say. <laughs> why is why move? I, I don't want to be a part of that mess, but uh, that was pretty sweet. And then uh, even Brock Purdy's first touchdown, uh, this is something that Shanahan or any coach would not advise, but Brock Purdy rolled out to the left. Two defenders were rushing at him. Oh, yeah. And he he rolls out to the left. He throws across his body to the right. Yeah. And it goes over three defenders right. uh, because George Kittle fucked up. He, he drew – I think Purdy wanted him to roll to the left, but he rolled to the right. Yeah. Ayuk is, and thankfully Ayuk was in the back of the end zone in that pass. Um didn't touch it. It was a perfect lob to Brandon Ayuk, but so much it could have been really bad. It could have been really yeah, bad. yeah. Shannon said that like that was an awful decision, but just got lucky. But it's one of those things too. Like um, I think my biggest takeaway from that is yeah, it could have been really bad, especially since it was in the red zone. It could have been another red zone turnover. But it also shows that hey, you know, for Brock Purdy coming off the bye uh, and hearing all the scrutiny that it's been having this past month. That um, is he going to be gun shy? He's going to be uh, afraid to take risks. No, like he, you know, he, he put his best throw, and obviously, it worked out for him. But it also shows that hey, he's not um, he's not afraid to to take chances, and that's something I can I can I can appreciate because uh, the outcome worked in his favor. Do you think that the Niners kind of decided to go with five defensive linemen in this for this game? Because obviously, like uh, like you said, the Jags have have a good running game with with ETN. They're not really known for their receivers or passing game or tight ends. Like, do you feel like that's kind of what led to this decision to bring five down? 
Oh, yeah, that's okay. All right, here's the thing. The five defensive linemen, they don't do they didn't do it all the time, but it was a, a look that um they haven't done all season or they, they hardly do it. I think it's something that um you know Steve Wilkes, since he he has been on the hot seat, he wanted to try a couple of different things. And um I think that this is something that internally they were talking about uh between him and, and his players and uh uh I think when they look at the film, they've been pretty pissed off because they're like a, as good of a defense as they are on paper. They're like a middling run defensive team. Like mm-hmm. they've been allowing huge, huge yards to like Joe Mixon and uh, what Kareem Hunt, like just yeah. a ton of running backs the last <laughs> couple couple weeks, and uh, even even Madison on the Vikings for that matter. So I, I think they want to make a statement in, in that regards and. Um, and they didn't. So I don't know if they're going to use it all the time, but certainly yeah. for the Jaguars, they weren't prepared for it. Yeah. No, I, I think it can't be understated enough. Like having Trent and Debo back this game, like made all the difference. It did. It yeah. did. And um, the post game, they kept on talking about complimentary football. Like they just, that was the word of the day, but it goes back to it. The defense is able to, get them off the field. The offense is able to, to run the football and, um, you know, keep the defense, the opposition uh, guessing. And then, um, you know, next thing you know, it's 34-3. And, yeah, they actually uh, sat out their starters like the last two drives of the, of the game, wow. which, is, which, is, which is great, you know, especially for this sort of uh, – this sort of high pressure game coming off a bye week. So, wow. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about this game? I mean, I, I or actually, let me ask you this because I've been talking all, all the while. Uh, going back to Christian McCaffrey and, and his record or yeah. the record that he, he did not break because he had right, 17 right. games of a touchdown. Right. He needed to get another touchdown this game to right. break the record uh, currently at 17. <laughs> Uh, the final stretch, all their starters are pretty much out, but Kyle Shanahan realizes that hey, CMC needs one more touchdown, yeah. so they see it's first and goal, and the game's out of hand already. But they run four straight plays. Uh, I think two were run, two were passing, but at the end of the day, uh, they didn't get it done, but he tried, yeah. Are you for that? Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan in support of, of his players and just recognizing, you know, the record that that's yeah. at stake. Or do you think it's foolish in the sense that hey, if Christian McCaffrey were to get injured and yeah. Yeah. end all goal is the Super Bowl, uh, yeah. he would have gotten a, a lot of scrutiny from it. So well, uh, yeah. Well, I know that McCaffrey was joking after the game about like saying I don't know, the same like. Hey, what about me or something like that? But he obviously knows like all his teammates were involved. Like they're spreading the ball around. Lots of guys got, got touches. And so to him, I don't feel like the accolades mean anything. Obviously. I mean, it's a nice thing to have, but I think he would take a win, you know, nine, you know, 10 out of 10 times with, with what versus having it, having that saying, I, I hold the record, but you know, I think it's in those situations, yeah, 17 games. I think it's situational. Like, if you're in a position where, again, you can never predict, like, oh, someone 
not going to get hurt. There's no such thing as a safe football play. You know, even if it's, even if it's like something you feel like is, is relatively, you know, low risk, anything could happen. Um, so I think in those, in those situations, he probably talked to McCaffrey and was like, Hey, like, what are, what are your thoughts here? McCaffrey's like, yeah, let's give it a go. If not, then we'll just kind of go from there. But I'm, I'm again, he's such a, he's, he's the best player on the team. Um, I, I'm obviously, you know, he he's he's healthy this year and we want to keep him that way because they have high aspirations. So I'm, I'm more in the camp of, of, um, you know, it's for the team. So let's, uh, let's keep him healthy. Let's not try to do individual accolades, but. Well, they did. They, did. <laughs> or, or they tried. And right. I'll say this for Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan very much is a player's coach because, yeah, you know, for him to do that also shows that he's got CMC's back. Yeah. But it's interesting too because, like, a couple of years back, I think Kittle had a chance to like break the record for like receiving yards for a tight end right. in the season, right. but the game was out of hand and he decided to sit him. Mm. So you feel me on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a hard one. Um, again, it's just I, it's just like even for the Warriors. Yeah, I think there was one time like Clay had a ridiculous game against the King. Uh, you remember that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't play the whole fourth quarter, but. Yeah, if he really wanted to, Kerr could have played him and yeah, I guess really broke broken it wide open, right? For the record, different basketball versus football, where there's just like there's more freak injuries in in football than there are in basketball. Um, it feels that way, you know. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I get it, and I'm glad that he was kind of supporting his guy. Um, but you know, it's at least you know he he's tied for first. You know, doesn't have the record, but um, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, um, take it this way: they they had a statement win, uh, no major injuries, uh, a couple of dingers, Eric Armstead and um, Colton McKivitz, but uh, the Niners move onwards, <laughs> just like that. What a difference it makes! Because if they had lost that game, five and four is a completely different outlook versus six and three. Yeah. Right, losing four straights, five and four. Now you, now you're coming off. Now you're six and three, and now you're uh, back home against the Bucks. So, uh, okay, next game uh, we can talk about would be uh, that Cardinals Falcons game. So I know that you're from Arizona. At how long were you in Arizona for? You were there for like two years. Two years. Two years. Let me ask you this too. I mean, this is a, a different regime, and Kyler Murray. He tore his ACL last year. It took him, you know, about a year's worth to make his uh, season debut on Sunday. But uh, were fans really bought, bought in with Kyler Murray or were they still on the fence with him at the time for you guys? I mean, when I was there, he wasn't – he was still in college. He wasn't even drafted yet. Oh, it was before – okay, okay. So it was this still – This is back in, like, this is back in like 2012, so. Oh, shit. Okay, it was yeah. that long ago, Tim. Okay. Yeah, it was a while ago. I mean, I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback was back then. <laughs> Derek Anderson or some shit. Probably Derek Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Well, beat point then. But uh, Kyler <laughs> Murray, uh, this was something that uh, I'm really happy for the kid. And it's really good for the franchise to play him and, and just know what, what you have with him. And I know it's early, but, uh, you know, this is a, a win that's, you know, they, they needed, they won for this team. And the yeah. way they won was fucking exciting as shit because they were driving the field, they were down. Um, 
23 to 22, and it was third and 10. Uh, they were still outside of field goal range, and then Atlanta, they they got a really gnarly pass rush. They had a chance to get Kyler Murray, but kind of like Madden, he I he I saw this on Twitter or ESPN, but he literally drove all the way back and then all circled all the way on the other side, got the blocks, and he was able to scramble and get the first down on third and ten. And I think the the set said that from that play alone that he ran like 65 yards you know he just ran all the way back this and that and then some and he got the first down and then on the ensuing play he lobs it to uh trey mcbride finds him at like what the 15 and they have just enough time to kick the game winning field goal so just in dramatic dramatic fashion welcome back kylie murray it's been too long i mean Speaking of a dramatic fashion, did you catch Monday night last night with the Bills in the fiasco with their last second uh, field goal? Special yeah. Game. And so for, for those 12 men on the field. For those that didn't check that out, the Bills had an opportunity to win. Yep. Oh, actually, no, no, no. It, no they, the guy kicker missed it. No, no, it was the Broncos that had the chance yeah. to, to win. Yeah. Play yeah. goes down, the he kicker missed misses. Yeah. And then, uh, but there's a penalty, 12, you know, 12 men on the field. So they it up. It. Yep. And the Broncos. Broncos win. <laughs> you know what I heard? I don't, I don't know if it's true, but um, at least on Twitter, they said that, or I'm sorry, X. 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 Uh, that 12th man, you know who it was? At least that's what they're saying. Oh. It was DeMar Hamlin. No way. <laughs> no, that's true. Same. You get the pass. <laughs> like, are you serious? Is, is that the reason why they lost? Because so, come back here again and hit him tomorrow. Yeah. Why am I laughing? I'm going to hell, right? Uh, well, he, like I said, he he gets a pass, but still, that's that's yeah. that's a hard way to lead, lose to like pretty bad team. But actually, the record's not terrible. But you know, yeah. Anyway, going back to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, shout out to. You know, it's good to see your boy James Conner. I know he's on your fantasy football team. Yeah, you really needed that, and uh, with Kyler Murray, it made such a difference because he saw you know the youngsters, Rondale Moore, Michael Wilson. Yeah, I and your boy Trey McBride is also on your fantasy football team. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, they kind of similar to CJ Stroud. I mean, they have yeah. decent pieces in um, you know your Tink Dells your. Uh, Nico Collins of the world, but you don't know until you have the right quarterback. And Kyler Murray can certainly, um, uh, he can certainly be that guy. And it's still TBD if uh, Gannon wants to continue to keep him moving forward. But at the very <laughs> least, uh, it, it, it's a good stepping stone after his first game. And if anything, he wasn't perfect. He threw a pick earlier in the game, but uh, not a bad showing to get some of the rust off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh mm-hmm. onwards to the next game. Then uh friendly reminder, the Rams are on a bye, so this is the last game for the NFC. It was another nail biter. It was you lived in Arizona and then you moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Right. How long yeah. were you in Seattle, Kama? Three years? Three years. Three years. And that was a special place because that was the birth of of your son, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Indeed. Yeah. Anyways, um, so for Seattle, 29-26, uh, 
this was a back and forth game. Uh, this defense looked pretty leaky early on. Uh, I think they had Sam Hell and the commanders had a Brandon Robinson on the wheel route on the busted coverage. It went back and forth. Uh, interesting. Zach Charbonnet has been getting a lot more touches lately. If anything, uh, it's kind of like a 50 50 split between Charbonnet and Ken Walker, the third at running back. But fast forward, um, the commanders, they catch and run. Um, they take the lead and they give the Seahawks about a minute, minute and five left for their final drive. And shout out to Geno Smith because he had a fucking horrible game the previous week against the Ravens, but he strings along um, a pretty methodical drive and he finds DK Metcalf for, I'd like to say, like a 25, 30 yard catch and run ordeal. And I think once he gets down, there's about like 15 seconds and they're able to scramble, um, get to the line of scrimmage and, and spike it with about five seconds left. And they, they were able to get game winning field goal and shout out to Jason Myers. Um, I think he, he had five field goals. He was perfect. Um, he was a staple. And once again, the Seahawks, whether it's the commanders or the Browns, um, they find another way to win, and they are six and three after getting their asses handed to the Ravens. But they're still right there. Um, hey, Mo, what, what say you about about your uh, your former uh, favorite team? Uh, um, <clears throat> well, I did not watch uh, a minute of this game, but <laughs> happy uh, happy for the twelfth man that they uh, that they think that the they're going to be competing for the with Niners for the NFC title. Um, I guess, like we said before, a couple big games coming up against these two teams in the next month. So, <laughs> you know, just be, those add even more fuel to fire for Turkey in the 50 next week. Another thing that was pretty cool too was, um, let me pull up the stats about this. I'm pretty happy for him too. Uh, I think he's from Michigan, actually. But uh, let's see, Bowie Mafe. Uh, so linebacker. Oh my bad, he went to Minnesota. Anyway, check this out. Uh, he's had a sack in seven straight games. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, sack in seven straight games. Uh, man, what what a find for them. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then what else? I looked at the sad line. Um, yeah, DK Metcalf. Seven catches, 98 yards. Uh, my boy, Tyler Lockett, had the, at, at, essentially at the time, they hit the last touchdown. Uh, eight catches, 92 yards at a, at a touchdown. The biggest play I, I saw from this as well was a, a nice scamper. It was a dump off where Ken Walker, a 64-yard touchdown. Um, it was a pretty fun game. It was a pretty fun game. You actually missed out on this game, though. Actually, you know, between this and the Cardinals and, and the Niners, I think, like, the NFC West had a, a really good showing versus, yeah. like, week nine where they all lost. <laughs> they all got uh, – be, between the Cardinals, they got annihilated. Rams got – yeah, actually, all right. So it's completely black and white from week nine to week ten. So um, let's do this before we head out. Uh, came on notes past your bedtime as well. Past my bedtime. You need to cook um, – well, we're cooking for the potluck. That's why we're going to have a quick, quicker pod. You're making... um some, Something easy. <laughs> you're making skewers or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely. 
Okay, well, as we go into week 11, uh, let's do a little guess the line and then we can head out into the sunset. Okay. So the Cardinals go on the road and they have a very spicy matchup. Actually, this is something I'm very, very intrigued. So 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Kyler Murray is going to go at Houston mm. to duel against C.J. Stroud, who is coming off a very convincing win, being Joe Burrow and the Bengals at Cincinnati. So with all that being said, there's a lot of momentum to the Texans, but Kyler Murray is coming off his debut victory. What do you think the line is for this? Cardinals at Texans. Texans C.J. Stroud versus Murray, pretty spicy, right? Texans getting a lot of buzz right now. C.J. Stroud's getting some MVP consideration. This is crazy. The, the Texans are five and four. That's crazy, bro. Just kind of crazy. They're like also thinking they're like we were saying before, like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young seem like almost like the same type of person, and they could have the Panthers could have had C.J. Stroud because he went one. They went one two, right? It's just uh, like. Um, you know, Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz, I guess. We can go back to yeah, football well. and basketball references, right? <laughs> um, no, this is going to be a spicy game. Um, I'm going to say, obviously, yeah, even with Murray coming back, hard to win against a team that's heating up the right time. Uh, I'm going to take Texans. are going to be like minus, minus four. Oh, my God. Camo. What? It's minus four. Really? <laughs> exactly on the dot. Uh, over under 47 and a half, which sounds about right. But yeah, Texas favored by four. <laughs> the old man still got it. Okay. We got it. Uh, next one. Uh, your Niners, 105. 105 afternoon game at San Francisco or at Santa Clara, Levi Stadium. Yep. So Baker, Baker, Baker who's from Oklahoma, plays against Ohio State, Chase Young, and Nick Bosa. Mm. Spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niners are, well, they're rolling high now, so what's the spread? Uh, let's see here. Buccaneers have to come cross-country, but Mike Evans has been playing well. Baker's yeah, up and down. The defense is decent. Niners at home have been really good at home. Coming up, statement win. Niners could be probably favor minus five. So the crazy thing about this is, yeah, people, the public is all yeah. in on the Niners now. Yeah, especially yeah. after that win against the Jaguars. So it opened at Niners ten. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, and now it's eleven and a half. Wow, it's eleven and a half at home. Yeah, that's a. I don't know if I would take that. <laughs> yeah, bro, like. 11 and a half. Wow. I mean, you know, the Bucks are, are a cool team, but they're a middling team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They're not anything particular. Shout out to Mike Evans, though. But yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah but, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I, yeah. I would not make, a, I would not, I would not make that play. That's a lot. You would um, take the points. I would take the points. Okay. Okay. Last but not least. So the Rams are well rested coming off their bye. I would think that Stafford is able to play, but interesting enough, Stafford is now backed up by Carson Wentz. So the Rams are three and six, and they are hosting the Seahawks, who are at six and three. But, you know, just the West, NFC West, divisional games are always particularly mm. spicy. So, I mean, I'm looking at this line. I'm uh, given the records, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm giving you a hint, but I'm, I'm quite surprised at this line. So, Seahawks at Rams. So it's at LA. 
Mm-hmm. Rams are six or three and six. The Seahawks are six and three. Uh, what do you think this is going to be? He says surprising. I don't. I mean, the Rams are like I know Stafford might be back, but they're kind of a mess. Uh, I'm going to say Seahawks close because they're still on the road. I'm going to take Seahawks. Mm, we'll say minus minus five. Yeah, the CS are only favored by one. What? That's what I'm saying. The CS are six and three coming off. Yeah. I mean, the Rams are they're they're rested, they're coming off their yeah, bye yeah. week, but I would take the Seahawks to this, no problem, I guess. Uh Seahawks are only favored by one over under 46 and a half. Wow. Hmm. Right? They're so. giving they're giving a lot of love to uh, the home team. Yeah, they, they are. Um interesting. Is there something I'm missing? I I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because the Seahawks. I mean, they barely beat the Commanders. They got their asses yeah. handed to the Ravens. They barely beat. I don't know. Um, yeah, but haven't the Rams had some really ugly losses this this year? They have, but at the same time, too, they're you know the previous week when when they lost, uh, they didn't have Stafford. You know, they had Brett Ripon. Brett Ripon. Who's now on the Seahawks? Did you see that? Um, yeah, he's on the practice squad. <laughs> he's an NFC West guy. What can I say? Hey. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, I'll be really intrigued for Week Eleven. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's always fun in the NFC West. Okay. Well, any any other final thoughts about this as we head into Week Eleven? No. You know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, it's uh, I'm glad the NFC had a good weekend. Hopefully, we'll have another one. And you know, before you know it. It's going to be kind of crunch time here for divisional standings. That's right. That's right. And uh, next thing you know, it uh, Thanksgiving. Oof. Let's go. Turkey in the 50. That's right. So, hey, uh, to all our Just the West listeners and followers and fans, continue to do so on the pod, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music or Google or all the other platforms. So, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.